Hello, everyone. It's Elizabeth and the lovely Nana Banana. We are here today to talk about a couple of different things. And by different, I mean not how we've been talking about them. So the past couple of weeks and podcasts have been mainly about Nana growing up on the farm, which is the whole point of this podcast, let's be honest, is hearing about Nana's rich history and how we can bring it into our own. But I wanted to share a story about my ex- one of my experiences in Mongolia. I was, it was 2011, I had just turned 19 years old, and I went off to Mongolia in July. It was July around, it was after my birthday, so it was after the 9th, and for the first few days we stayed in this place called the city, and it really wasn't a city, it was really like the slums, if you can kind of think of like a slummy area. We were in an apartment, I'm doing quotations, and the apartment was basically just a door. <laughs> a door that blocked out the bad city aspects. Anyways, I was like, it can't get much worse than this. So then we load up on this bus, and it is a bus ride from H-E double hockey sticks. I mean, I tried to tell myself it was like an Indiana Jones ride, but there was no seatbelts, bumping up and down. And then the guy pulls over, the driver does, and says, get out. So we all get out, and I'm like, what's going on? Because I don't speak Mongolian. And then they tell us to get on these carts, these huge carts, and then these huge ox, I think they were, oxen, were going to carry us across the river. Well, We finally get across the river, we take another weird cart ride down, and we go to these things called gares. I can't spell it, but that's how it's pronounced, gares. So they're basically gigantic huts or tents, and they are structured with these wooden beams all around, and then they have a cloth over it. And the cloth can be removed on one side to let sun in, and then it can be closed to keep the warmth in. Well, obviously we're in the middle of nowhere and we're surrounded by farm animals, surrounded by horses, cows, oxen, bulls, dogs, you name it. So everyone was going to go down to this river and I was exhausted and I was like, do you need a volunteer to stay back? And they said, yes, we need you. This is very important. Keep the fire burning in this stove. And I'm looking for like, a California stove. I'm looking for how, you know, Nana had a gas burner one, right? We had the five, the little flames at 353. There was what, one, two, three, four. Uh, are they called eyes, Nana? Yeah, eyes. And that's what I was looking for. No, it was this little, I'm looking to you as if you can describe it with me, Nana. It was a wood burning stove. I don't know how else to explain it. It, it, had, it had this chute almost to go up and carry the smoke out. And it had this little wire-like plate thing that they could cook food on or heat up um, a tin cup full of hot water or water to heat up the water. And then it had this big furnace-like thing. It was round and I thought easy peasy, lemon squeezy. I will just, like when I'm camping in California, toss another log on the fire, we'll be good to go. No! There was math involved. I'm pretty sure there was Latin. Um, What did you burn? Wood. But it was wet wood. 
like semi-wet wood. So then it smoked a lot. Oh my word. Ash was everywhere. I had one job. And by the time everyone came back, granted this was only about 30 minutes, but it felt like 50 billion hours. They come back and there's no light on because I was the light keeper with this fire and this flame because you can't leave a fire going in an empty gear because the gear could right. burn down. So I am covered. There is a picture somewhere on the internet. I think it's my, my teammate, David, he took it. I'm covered. I mean, I look like a little raccoon. My face is covered. There's honestly ash all over these people's beds because you ate, slept, entertained all in this one room. And they were like, Elizabeth, what happened? I don't know. The second I didn't put the wood in on time because it just kept burning. And I think it wasn't burning well because the wood was semi-wet. It was as if they had this perfect fire and I just kept putting in wetness almost with, with these logs and when I say logs think about like a brick size a, a standard brick and mortar brick but it was wood so these wooden things oh my word and it, it took them about an hour and a half to get it back up to what it was so everyone was stalled dinner by like an hour and a half and then in the Mongolian culture you cannot eat meat close to bedtime so of course this is past dinner time close to bedtime so no one got meat that night we ended up eating this thing called, it's equivalent to baby food in America. It was really gross. But, you know, forgive and forget the foreigner, right? Oh my goodness, Grandma. Is that what it was like for you on the farm? Well, no, because uh, the cook stoves were in a closed. It was a, you've seen a cook stove. Yes. And it was built inside there. You had covers on. And you would put the wood. We first year start the fire with uh, corn cobs or little little tiny pieces of wood with kindling, very small, almost twig size. And then it, when you got it going, then you put in a bigger piece. And it didn't take big logs. It took chunks of wood about twelve inches. And you put those in. The same thing with the big heater. It was a big round stove. And then you would open the door and put wood in it. I think I was thinking almost like a coal, like from for the train. Mm -hmm. Or even how like my dad tin, tins the fires on New, on New Year's or Christmas Eve. Same with Bub. You just, and Bub always taught me, you know, you poke it a little bit and fire needs oxygen. Mm -hmm. So I think the wetness from my logs was. You kept the, the damper, as they called it, open so all the smoke went out. Yeah. And then you would put, after you got the wood started with kindling, you would start, you would put coal on it. You're yeah. right. And we would get a bunch of coal delivered every fall. And then we'd start it with wood and then you'd put coal in. That would, was long burning. So you weren't adding it all the time. And then your coals would be there and then you could stir them up and add a little wood. Like when you got ready to cook dinner. Heat the stove up. And that's what we heated the house with and we also cooked. And then in the summer, because it was hot, 
we have was, was a kerosene stove that you burn kerosene and it was much cooler. Didn't give off as much heat as the uh, cook stove. It, it was just freezing in Mongolia. We didn't have, we, there was only one gear with that central stove, I guess is what you'd call it. When we moved to St. Paul, then we bought a gas stove. You're like, that's the one that was still in the house when we sold it. Really? Yeah. That makes so much more sense now. So that stove was old. Yeah, because we moved at 51, so it lasted for 51 until 2019 when the house was sold. Dang. And, I mean, your mother slash you guys, you Stevens family, had some amazing furniture, I think. And lots of crocheted items and knitted items and such a cool house. Yeah. But... In Mongolia as well, we went and we traveled to this other place, another long, horrific car ride. Thought I was going to die pretty much 99.999% of the time I was there. But we sat down and you're supposed to take off your shoes. So I took off my shoes. And um, if y'all don't know, I'm very tall. I'm six feet tall, which is very tall for a woman in America. The average height for a woman, Nana, is 5'4". It used to be 5'6", but apparently we're all shrinking. Hmm. At least that's what I read a couple of years ago. Anyways, I'm already tall, as it is, in a Mongolian setting where everyone was quite short. And after we had tea, this basically warm milk thing, I stood up from the bed, which the beds were all just wood. You had a slat of wood you slept on. I was like, okay, great. Awesome. I stood up and my I'm so tall, I smacked my head on one of the gear beams and I actually, it goose egg. I had a huge goose egg immediately. And I had, that was one of my first ever concussions. Yes, uh, my, it was my high school teacher who took me because we were on this trip together. She, I had this concussion and I don't know if she ever had children. No, okay, well, she's a great motherly-like figure. She made sure I was awake every hour because concussion protocol calls for that. I threw up a bit. It was was so bad. And I'm like, all I wanted was to call my mom, but in the middle of nowhere, (laughs) you can't call your mommy. And then for the last two days, we stayed in the uh, one of the missionaries' apartments, and it was up 19 flights of stairs, no elevator. And each stair, Nana, you would have died. It was not succinct. There's no Americans with Disabilities Act. There's no ADA in Mongolia. So each stair was a different height. That's back east. That's the way they are. I made it up and they're like, oh, do you want to go shopping? No, I'm good. I'm going to (laughs) sit. And then I passed out and fell asleep. And then the next morning, um, I got to go home. I don't think I've ever raced to a... (laughs) airport faster and that was another funny story when we flew from mongolia to china beijing china we so the olympics had been there in 2008 so beijing had translated everything their airport was translated into a lot of english because a lot of english-speaking people flocked to beijing 
for the Olympics. Well, in China, things are very different than America. So it was time for us to board the plane to go to America. I mean, China to America. I am sunburnt. I stink. My head is peeling from the sunburning on my scalp. I still have this massive goose egg. And I just want my mom. And I just want to be home. And I go to hand my passport and everything ticket. And they won't let me board the plane. And I can't understand what they're speaking, what language they're speaking. And I'm just like, I want my mommy. And I think that face is pretty universal. But um, they finally said they couldn't let me board because I had four names on my passport. I'm like, what do you mean? So I tried to like show them that I have my first name and then I have two middle names. And then I have one last name. And they said, no, like, fine. Then I have my first name, one middle name, and then just com- hyphenate the two you know, the Baird and the Nichols. No, they weren't going to let me board because apparently you do not have four names. I, I, that one still baffles me. Anyways, my teammate, who happened to be 40 at the time, today's his birthday actually, but um, I don't know how old he'd be. You can do the math. Anyways, he was like, oh, this is my wife. And they let me on. Didn't compare last names? Nothing. I was 19. He was 40. They didn't even look like it was suspicious. They were just like, oh, okay, sir. <laughs> I was like, ew. He was a happily married guy. And he was just, he just thought, hey, maybe this will work. I don't know if it had enough. I might still be in China. <laughs> no, that's a joke. But finally got home. You guys didn't meet me at the airport, did you? No. You and Bub didn't. You guys met me when I came home from the Dominican. Right. One time. No. I remember Bub getting, trying to get my luggage off the wheel. Do you remember that? And it was like super heavy and he like kept going with the carousel. Anyways, that was my crazy, some of my crazy stories from Mongolia. But when we talk about Nana's wood burning stove. They're completely different. They're completely different. Which makes sense. But, uh. Even in the 1930s and 40s, America was much more civilized. I think so, than... Than China. So. Or Mongolia. Mon- that part of China, Mongolia. So, one part, and I'm, I have a question for you leading up to this. At one time, I think it was about the 12th day we were there. We were there for a six, total of 16 days. Worst 16 days of my life. But about the 12th day we were there... This gentleman lights a fire on the grass. I don't know how. I didn't see any matches. But he this huge fire on this, this, this patch of grass. Far away from the gears. But close enough still that if the wind had hit just right, I felt we could have been in danger. But then he... I look closer and there is a huge stack of rocks. Like on each side of this wall path. Like he had a, a box of rocks basically. But there was no wood, just rocks and stacks. And then he lit the fire underneath it. So what this does is it heats up the rock. And so it's heating it. And he tended to it all day. That was his job. What we eventually did was that night, in celebration and everything, we did we ate meat. So he was cooking the meat on the heated rocks because the stove was too little to cook because there was about 30 or 40 of us. So he just... He, he had these... 
I'm going to say tongs, but that's not the proper word for it. They were, they were longer than tongs, and he didn't have any gloves or any protective gear, and he just... It, it was his job, and it, they cooked on heated rocks. Did you guys ever? No. No? Now, maybe when they do the, uh, like, the roasted pigs that they put in the pit or things like that, they use rocks. I don't know. Potentially. Never, we never cooked like that. Um, in Father of the Bride 2, I believe, they're showing that it's a heat wave wherever they're at, and they crack an egg on the concrete, and it starts cooking the egg. Did Nebraska ever get that hot? Probably. But you probably didn't waste the eggs. Didn't waste the egg, but it didn't have sidewalks. <laughs> Seriously. I know. I mean, they did it down in Main Street. But uh, not where you that makes sense. Even in 2019, Uncle West didn't have a sidewalk in front of his house. No. It all just, I just, wow. You could if you wanted to pay for it. Yeah, but he didn't want to. Yeah, but we didn't even have, even St. Paul, they didn't have paved roads when we moved there. Wow. And you yourself, you've only ever traveled to Mexico? Out of the country. Out of the country. Yes. Okay. I think I hold the record in our family. Yes. I think it's 14 countries. Is it 14? I'm not sure. I'm not sure either. Oh, I love to travel, but I prefer to travel within the United States. States. Which, to be fair to both of us here, the United States is packed with so many hidden gems that we haven't even gotten to see yet. By the way, if anyone's curious, Cabot Cove, Maine does not exist. They filmed it in San Diego for Murder, She Wrote. Up north, not San Diego. Up north, really? Yes. Huh, I believe you. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure you're right, too. Huh, I just was really bummed to realize it was way closer to me than Maine. (laughs) But I hope you guys enjoyed this pit stop podcast we'll call it that just a quick little comparison of the past to the current times and again we love you all and hope you have had a great day and we will catch you on the next podcast let us know if you have anything you want us to talk about love you guys bye bye